Hey, hey, hey! Exciting news! Do you ever look in the mirror or at a photograph of yourself or put on some clothes? Or rather, don't put on some clothes because the clothes you really want to wear are hanging in the cupboard or buried in some bag at the back of the cupboard and your heart sort of sinks and you think... I know, I know I need to do different things. I know I need to do something different to lose the weight, to get healthy, to do all the stuff I want to get to, to what Dr. Alina calls healthy, amazing you. And yet somehow I can't do it. You, my friend, have what is called a doing gap. It's not a knowledge gap. It's a doing gap because you're busy and you've got other stuff going on. So the Radiate and Renew program starting, drum roll please, next week, we're kicking off on Tuesday next week. It's super exciting. You will learn to do four small but mighty habits that you are going to enjoy and it's going to be easy. Now the idea of this, there's two ideas behind it. Number one, you do the habits, in a year's time you've still got the habits and they really have moved the needle. You know, you're really doing things slightly differently. But also, once you start doing things differently, you realise that you can carry on doing things differently. And so you might decide, hey, I'm going to do the reboot or I'm going to do something else and I'm really going to get to the bottom of this goal. I'm going to reach my goal. So if you are interested, if you'd like some help and support, Radiate and Renew starts on Tuesday. I will leave the link in the show notes. Hello, 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 wonderful people. Okay, today we are talking to a gentleman called Fred Rutman, and he is telling us his story of how he had diabetes and how he reversed his diabetes. Now, the reason I am telling you this story is because diabetes is not a great illness to get. You do not want to get diabetes. And as we talk about this, you will realize that one of the things about diabetes is that it can be really difficult to know that you have diabetes. It might be that you feel tired or thirsty and you just think, oh, that's just how I feel all the time. Now, the good news about diabetes is that you can now reverse diabetes. You can prevent yourself from being at risk of having diabetes by making healthy changes. Easy, simple, healthy changes. So, If you are there thinking, oh my goodness, I'm worried that I have diabetes. Well, number one, sign up for my VIP area. I'll put the link in the show notes. There's a quiz that you can do, which walks you through what your risk of diabetes is. Now, to do that quiz, you need to know things like your weight and your height and your waist circumference because it will put the figures in and it will mark what your risk is. And if you are there thinking, oh my goodness, I've got a diagnosis of diabetes or I want to reverse diabetes, then feel free to reach out and have a chat with me. At the moment in August, I am offering free 15 minute chats to anybody, whether you want to work with me or not. And the reason I'm doing this is just to get to know you and say hello. Now, I do have various holidays booked in August, but I will leave the link in the show notes. If you want to chat to me, I really love to chat to you. Now, Listening to Fred's messages, one of the few things I'd like to highlight is his message of make those changes now. Make those changes now and you are in control of your health. Hello, hello, Fred. Welcome to the Fit and Fabulous podcast. Hello. Thank you for having me. I'm very happy to be here. Well, thank you for coming and sharing your story with us. I'm intrigued to hear your story because you're going to tell me the story as we record. So I don't know your story yet. But do you want to start by just telling people a little bit about yourself? 
Sure. I'm a, I guess, forced into medical retirement person. I was an economics, finance, marketing professor at a college in Toronto. And in 2009, I had a ridiculous series of medical traumas happen to me. And that put me in the situation that I am today. So recovering from a bunch of different things and trying to write a book about what's all gone on. That sounds very interesting. So do you, I mean, today I wanted to talk about diabetes, but I want to hear everything because I love knowing people's medical stories. So should we start by focusing on the diabetes and sure. when were you diagnosed with diabetes? I was diagnosed in the emergency room in 2009 when all these things started happening to me. So I had no idea that I was diabetic because you usually you don't feel the symptoms. You know, later on as the as the disease progresses, if you get the neuropathy and you know the kidney damage and stuff, you can start to actually feel it in your body. But at the front end, most people don't really yeah. even know they have it or or feel it. Yeah. Or the symptoms yeah. might be like what we call non-specific symptoms. So they, you just think, oh, it's nothing. So take us back to before that event. Um, mm-hmm. So what did life look like before you were diagnosed? Life was pretty normal. You know, like most people, you have your your job and your family and you take care of those those duties. When I was younger, I played hockey and rugby and football. I was never a petite person. I've got quite the frame on me. After I did my MBA in 1998, I really started to balloon. And in the early 2000s, I was up to about 340 pounds. So probably 130 kilo, okay, something in that range. But you know, I still exercised, I went to the gym, I rode my bike. And aside from having a lot of aches and pains all the time, which I just attributed to you know, having my body beat up so much when I was younger, I didn't really have anything going on. And, so, and at that time, was health something that played on your mind? Or were you just busy getting on with life? It played on my mind a little bit. I, I had never been a big dieter. I had tried a couple of diets when I was younger. You know, there's some family history of obesity. But it never really got my attention because of I had the, the mindset that you could, you know, out exercise a bad diet. Mm. Okay. Which is, you know, the marketing, yes. of, you know, that gets to you. So and, tell us, tell us what happened in 2009. Well, in 2009, I had a series of events where it looked like I passed out randomly. And every time I passed out randomly, I managed to hit my head on whatever was the hardest object in the universe in the immediate vicinity. So this happened to me about 20 times over four or five months. So I sustained a series of concussions and I was misdiagnosed, miscommunicated with, dismissed, all the things we hear about in the medical system. And I'm in no way bashing the medical system. It is what it is. And eventually they found out that I had a severe heart block. So 
my heart was actually stopping. I wasn't passing out. So my heart would stop. You don't have any blood pressure, no blood and oxygen to the brain. And, you know, you're clinically dead. So the title of my book is The Summer I Died 20 Times, which is actually what happened to me. So the first time I was in the hospital for this, they drew my blood work and they found I was very diabetic. So I'm not sure which numbering system you use for blood sugars, but mine was 23. Yeah, I use a different one, so I don't know what that means, but I'll take okay. that as high. So you use the American system? No, the English system. The English system? So multiply by 18, so 420-ish. Wow. So I just had, you know, some sort of syrup running through my my veins. Goodness. Yeah. Goodness. So they immediately dosed me with a gallon and a half or so of insulin, and then I was on the insulin train for the next nine years. Oh, goodness. Yeah. And what did those nine years look like? It was up and down because I was trying to recover from all the head trauma. And I had a couple more incidents in between because the way they cured my severe heart block, or they thought they cured, was to insert a pacemaker. But I had three pacemaker failures, which required emergency surgeries as well. So that's a lot of trauma to to recover from. And the, the doctors don't really give you a methodology to get rid of your diabetes, sign from saying you need to lose weight which we know isn't very successful for most people, especially in the long term. And I just assumed that I'm going to be poking myself with needles and this is going to get worse and worse and worse. And I'm probably going to end up losing a limb or a kidney or some combination thereof. So it certainly didn't make me happy to be in that situation. Yes. And I have to say, in defense of those doctors, it is only recently that people have realized that we can reverse diabetes. So when I trained at medical school, we were taught that you couldn't reverse diabetes. Now, I will add a claimer to this, that I trained, I did pediatrics rather than adult medicine. So after I finished at medical school, I didn't really have very much to do with adults for a long period of time. But when I was at medical school, it was, you know, you've got diabetes, that's it. There's, there's no going back essentially. And it's only recently that people have really realized that actually they can reverse diabetes, which is what you amazingly did. So congratulations. Well, thank you. So you graduated when, in 2018? No, 2001. A long time ago. (laughs) Not so long. I I have a therapist and we were talking about the ages of my other doctors because I have endocrinologists and a variety of cardiologists and stuff like that. And she said, oh, my God, all your doctors graduated before I was born. That happens. So listen, tell us. So, you know, you went through this period of nine years. And, you know, I think one of the things I really want to highlight in this episode Mm -hmm. is diabetes is a really, really horrible disease. In fact, I will tell you that my uncle died of diabetes a few years ago, which, you know, I didn't know him very well. But it's it is a really 
debilitating debilitating disease not only because it has mm-hmm. a high death rate but also you know it comes with as you say like a whole host of complications and it affects pretty much you, you know your entire body can be have side effects from it and you talked about a few things you talked about neuropathy which so that people understand what that means that's basically when your nerves stop working and the problem with that is you may injure yourself and not feel it and then you end up that wound not healing properly And then, as you say, you might need to have your leg amputated or your arm amputated, all the side effects of diabetes. So it's a really unpleasant illness that Mm -hmm. you, what what does the phrase go? You wouldn't wish on your worst enemy. It's really not a very nice illness. Yeah. My understanding is it's self-perpetuating for all your other comorbidities. Mm. So- If you, it was sort of explained to me that, for example, your body, if you didn't have diabetes, your body might be able to better fight off a cancer and you wouldn't develop into a, a, you know, something that needed treatment or would be likely to take your life. But once you add the diabetes in there, you know, your immune system just doesn't have the juice to fight things off like that or Parkinson's or the other things. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yes, that. And also, you know, it can affect your eyes. You know, one in three people have heart problems, kidney problems, sorry, liver. Oh, my goodness. Kidney problems was what I wanted to say in the first place. (laughs) All, All these really nasty things. But the good news is, as I say, you know, in not that recent history did i say that the right way around in you know in yes. the in the in the last few decades people have really realized that actually for type 2 diabetes obviously there's type 1 and type 2 and we're talking about type 2 diabetes which is the one that develops later on in mm-hmm. life that actually a lot of people can reverse diabetes now do you want to tell us about how you managed to reverse your diabetes what happened sure while it's top of mind though you mentioned eye problems. Mm -hmm. I had diabetic retinopathy in my left eye. And it was at a point where my doctor sent me to the surgeon to see what he was going to do to abate it, I guess. I I don't think you can cure it. And in the time they were monitoring me, I had gone to see my cardiologist. I was in his exam room. And he came in and he literally threw a book at me. And the book is The Obesity Code by Dr. Jason Fung, who's a nephrologist here in Toronto, who was sick and tired of his patients being sick and tired, uh, seeing a lot of them had type 2 diabetes and it was damaging their kidneys and they were losing limbs. And he initiated a program of intermittent fasting. And my doc, my cardiologist said, buy this, read this, do this. But only after you talk to all your other doctors, because you're a bit of a complex case and you've got a lot of medications that we need to consider. So that's my, my disclaimer, I guess. If you try something like this, you have to work with your medical professionals. And I started it. I read the book. The science made so much sense to me. And it, it answered so many questions as to why diets hadn't worked. And I think one of the lines in his book is hormones will beat willpower 24 seven. And 
a lot of people, their problem with their weight is their hormones are out unbalanced. And that causes a domino effect through the rest of your body. If you can get your insulin anchored to where it's supposed to be, so many other things start healing. And that was May of 2018 when I got the go-ahead to start fasting. And by December of 2019, I was off insulin. Wow, that's amazing. Congratulations. And tell us, what did your fasting look like? Because there's lots of different ways that you can do intermittent fasting. So what approach worked for you? Sure. It It's an interesting story because I read about all those approaches, or a lot of them, and there's one in particular called OMAD, one meal a day. So people will fast, you know, 22 hours and eat that meal in the two-hour eating window and stuff like that. And I thought, no way. No way will I. I have no desire to do this. It'll never happen. And within three months, I, I went to OMAD. Just one meal a day. Just just because that's what my I could finally listen to my body. And that's what it was telling me to do. And here's a really interesting point is that in society now, people think that they have to eat frequently. In fact, I've seen lots of advice which says, oh, in order to lose weight, you have to lose, eat five or six meals a day. And I have no idea where that comes from. I'm sure somebody can enlighten me. But actually, it doesn't matter how many meals a day you have in that our body just gets used to it. So back in the day, people used to eat one meal a day. And that functions Mm -hmm. perfectly, perfectly well. And you can get all your calories that you need in one meal One of the things I'm always going on about my clients with is this idea that we have hunger and hunger is a signal that really happens in a pattern of when we normally eat. And obviously, Mm -hmm. hunger does also tell us when we are genuinely hungry. So, for example, when I go and swim and cycle lots, I feel more hungry after that because my body is saying, you've used up a lot of calories, you need to replace those calories now. But oftentimes, hunger is something, you know, this signal, but it's not like oxygen. It's not like, oh my goodness, if you don't breathe now, it's lights out. What it's saying is, hey, it would be kind of good if you got some food now. But what happens when you don't have food? The answer is nothing. Your body just goes and use some stores. So hunger is one of those signals that, you know, we do need hunger, but we don't need to have this relationship, which is I feel hungry, therefore I have to eat immediately. It's okay to feel hungry and to ignore it and just go, oh, you know what? It just goes away after a bit. Mm-hmm. Anyhow, as I, uh, my point was, you know, it is, you can just eat once a day, twice a day, whatever works for you, basically. I just saw the other day, a video from British golfer from Golf Monthly or something. And in his tips to beginners, he talked about having so many snacks in your golf bag because you're going to be out there for four or five hours. And my gosh, how often do we ever go four or five hours without eating? Mm. <laughs> you know, it's, it's just a, a ridiculous concept. Well, it is. I think it's partly society. And I guess it's partly the way we work. And, you know, why do we all eat well, not me, but why do people eat breakfast cereal? Because the breakfast cereal companies have said, hey, it's a really good idea that you have this breakfast cereal that comes in this box. And before breakfast cereal companies sold us breakfast cereals, we didn't eat breakfast cereal. Well, some people did, but most people didn't. They ate vegetables and stuff like that. So when we look back at how people used to eat, it's really interesting. And people used to eat just one meal a day. And they were, you know, that was perfectly fine for them. So, but it worked for you, which is the most 
important point. I mm-hmm. always say, you know, go the way for what works you and your unique situation. So how mm-hmm. did it, how did you feel when you first started it? I first started doing off a 12-12 pattern because we didn't know how to manage my medications and how my body would react. And that was, that was really easy. It was surprisingly easy. And one of the things you have to take into account when you're starting something like this is your mindset. And, you know, your mindset or your positive attitude, whatever you want to call it, is your superpower. And we forget to use it so often. I was also recovering from a surgery when I just started. So, you know, I didn't feel good from the surgery, but within a month, I was back to riding my bike and just moving forward and lengthening my fasting window. The intermittent fasting is a is a really interesting thing because most doctors, if they prescribe it, focus on the weight loss part of it, and they don't focus on all the other health benefits that happen while you're intermittent fasting. So all the autophagy and the epigenetic things and the balancing of the hormones. I healed ridiculously quickly from my surgery. It, it was a pretty significant surgery. That's amazing. And so when did you start intermittent fasting? May of 2018. So three, I'm trying to think where we are, four years ago. So how have the last mm-hmm. four years been for you? For the most part, it's been really good. I had COVID like many. My One of the cardiologists from my hospital said that the fact that I was intermittent fasting actually saved my life. If I hadn't built up my immunity and my resistance and my body's ability to heal itself, I likely wouldn't be here right now talking to you. So uh, I've gotten rid of my diabetes, my asthma, sleep apnea, skin tags all over my body. I haven't had a migraine or a headache in four years, except for the COVID. I haven't had a, a cold or flu it's it's just miraculous. And I was actually, sorry, you want to ask a question? Well, I was just going to ask, did you change the type of food that you eat as well? So what do you eat when you have your one meal a day? I still don't eat as clean as I'd like to. What's interesting is when you fast, you, you have appetite correction. That's what allows you to eat the one meal a day. So your body gives you signals that you're full faster than you were before. And your tastes change. So foods that were appealing previously are much less appealing now, in particular, the ultra processed foods. So, you know, potato chips or crisps, as you call them, you know, that I used to really enjoy. uh, Often they taste gross now. Like you can really taste the the awful oils and stuff that they're they're coated with. So I eat a lot more vegetables and fruit now, a lot less processed food. I never go to a drive-through or any of those things anymore. So I'm, you know, probably a thousand percent better, still not perfect, but I'm not worried about perfect. Perfect. Fabulous. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story with us and congratulations. You've made, you know, a true transformation, I would say. And super inspiring for anyone who's listening. What would be your message for people who are, you know, back where you were in 2009, and they probably don't know that they have diabetes, you know, they're 
overweight and, you know, that sort of like nag of, oh my goodness, I ought to be more healthy, but I'm going to put it off for tomorrow. I'm going to put it off tomorrow. What would you say to those people? Tomorrow never comes. Yeah, it always turns into today. And the longer you wait, the harder your journey is going to be. So take action now. And it can save you a lot of lot of difficulties down the road. Don't, you know, a lot of men have trouble going to the doctors and, and getting checked out. And then they don't believe that they have the condition or that it'll affect them the same way. You know, it's a crock. Your body's your body. Your cells are your cells. And if you have a problem, you need to take care of it. Fabulous. I love it. Yes, absolutely. Like you only have one body. So you have to look after it. So mm-hmm. tell us about the book. When's the book coming out? Well, I'm just working with a publisher now. So the target date is in February. It's mostly written now and there'll have to be some edits and, you know, all the production stuff and, you know, designing a cover and finding somebody to write a forward and, and that sort of thing. But February is the target date. Perfect. And if people want to keep in contact with you, do you have a website or a place they can keep in contact with you? I have a very startup Instagram, which I go by the moniker repeatedly dead Fred. (laughs) Perfect. So they can find me on there and send me a message or send me money, whatever you want to do. (laughs) Perfect. Thank you so much for being with us today. My pleasure. Thank you for having me on.